Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. I'm Matt. And I'm Alex. And I'm Kerry. Welcome guys back to the Game Junkies podcast. Hey guys, happy Pride, happy Pride Month. Welcome back to Game Donkeys. Um, Alex and Kerry are taking some well-deserved time off today. So um, unfortunately, you're not going to be uh, listening to me uh, talking t- about just myself, uh, which is a sort of a running joke. Uh, and over- myself. Exactly, on Dungeons and Junkies. Um, I am joined by the excellent, amazing and usually terrifying um, outside <laughs> contractor known as Kate and RC. Welcome back to Game Junkies. What up, gang? Haven't been here in a while. <laughs> Indeed, and you're going to be here in two weeks' time as well because we've pre-recorded <laughs> something for that, which is great. Um, so, first of all, um, chance for, at the start of the show, we always give the person at the start of the show to plug, what, plug their brand. So go ahead, plug your brand, really. Oh, yes, for context, for those who know me as the ominous, the ominous and mainly sarcastic voice on Dungeons and Junkies, I actually am in charge of my own stuff. I run a website called themindgame.org where I talk about video games, mental health, and their various links, as well as now more recently, we've I've moved into a sub-brand that I'm I've called Dyson Suffering because I feel like it sums up my life where I force these lot to play different tabletop RPGs with me and make them suffer. So it's why we hear references to my D&D campaign, but you don't actually hear it on Visionaries because I am my own brand. Fear me. We play Blades in the Dark. It's fun. We do. Uh, I need to put, I need to also congratulate you because you're doing some good numbers recently as well. Really good numbers. Yeah, yeah we've had so, the mo- like the tail end of this first arc of Blades has been insane views-wise. Like I've, I've gone over it's a thousand you. listens and I'm like, what? <laughs> That's all on you. That's all on you because, well, you wrote it, so... <laughs> I did write it. This is true. You wrote it, so it's all it's all your credit. We we were just long for the ride in that one, but it was a fun enjoyable round. And I look forward to uh what else you uh have to come up with in arc two, um, the next heist. And I'm being shown their book. Okay. I have a notebook that I've been writing the next few heists in. So. Okay, so make sure you check out Dyson Suffering. Um, on most social media platforms and on podcasting any podcast platforms. network. Yep. Uh, are you on iTunes now? Uh, I should be, but I'll chase them around with a stick to see. Okay, awesome. Because uh, I don't think I saw you on iTunes before, but it's on everything else. Apple sometimes has a few kicks to get through the system. So, but uh, definitely check out mindgame.org as well because. Uh, because they, they have great articles, as we say all the time, trying to plug your stuff. You can do it yourself <laughs> this time, it's all good. Ha-ha. After the show, I mentioned, of course, Happy Pride Month, because it's, we are in June, and of course that is where we celebrate everything that is LGBT um, and Q and INA. Um, so the question I have um, for you, Caitlin, 
um, because everyone who would have clicked on this link would have seen what the title is. Um, how has the, uh, for you, representation changed um, for LGBT in video games? I mean, it's been interesting. For the benefit of those who don't know, I identify as non-binary. Hence why the gang refer to me using they, them pronouns, because that's why I prefer. And apart from that, I'm asexual and most recently aromantic, which are fairly rare ones to find in representation in media and in gaming. So to find, I think it's gone from a point where it's, You describe it as obviously fans have headcanons. It's very much there have been a lot of characters in gaming history that communities have had headcanons for about certain identities that they may have, but the game developers haven't felt comfortable enough to outright state or haven't been able to outright state. So for me, it's just actually be having characters that have those labels and the industry not making a big deal about them because they're not it's just part of who people are indeed i exist absolutely we've we've seen um in recent times um feeling slightly from game for a moment um representation um be much more accepted and i had someone at work the other day saying because dame kelly holmes came out very recently and that was a big thing obviously she's in her early 50s and and someone was like what's the point what's what's the uh what's, what's she going to achieve by this like she's going to inspire someone to be comfortable in their own skin matter people who get to i've seen people in their 60s and 70s coming out because they finally feel safe to do so and finally confident in themselves and sometimes video games because the amount of youngsters that play them and people of, of my age I'm gonna say that I'm I'm, old, I'm I am I am significantly older than Caitlin. Um yes I'm a young bean hear me you are indeed um people playing video games can get hands hands-on experience as it were um with what it's like to be out of a closet sometimes uh we'll go through some of the games in particular which we've uh which we personally feel um, could be um, ones to look look for for great content and celebrate some of the characters who have been so beautifully written at times, and sometimes which you think, hmm, didn't know that sort of thing. There was, in, I mentioned to Caitlin off air, um, in 2018, there was a, uh, a review done of, of thousands of video game of titles. Uh, on Games Radar, and they found 179 with LGBTQ um, representation. Um, of those games, only 83 have queer characters who are playable, and of those, only eight featured a main character who was explicitly pre-written as queer, as opposed to them being queer as a character creation option. Uh, which, you know, when you think about it, that's only eight specifically written that way that's quite a small number although we are four years on 
And I'd say that number has gone up already. Yeah, it's definitely gone up. Especially if you look at big titles like Don't Nod. Yes. A lot of their work, especially more recently, has been heavily focused on LGBT relationships. Like, everyone knows Life is Strange. And not just in general. (laughs) Life is Strange is one of... It started as this quirky little game that I happened to pick up um I believe it was available with games games of gold um on Xbox I picked up there at a chance uh I was enjoying it and um Alex wanted a, a game to play so I recommended it to him and he picked it up and it became his favorite game series for it like that um some of the characters in that were beautifully written it's a harrowing story at times very terrible traumatic for sure because you get attached to these characters especially if you play them all in one go and you don't stagger it out because when philosophy first came out they released it as episodes didn't didn't they over time and it if you play it in one like boof like that you begin bonding with these characters and do I say spoilers at this point? It's been six years. <laughs> is it spoilers to talk about like this strange? I think so. I uh, think so. I mean there's I've, been a season two for God's sake. Season three now. Yeah season three which, course, which is which is which is which also um is beautifully written. All three of those mate in fact all four of the games um have characters who are on the LGBT spectrum, which is fantastic. You know, it's amazing how they've exactly explore um, these things, and it's done so normally. It feels so normal to see these relationships. I mean, if you ever want an example about how much the youth today um, who aren't on the spectrum, um, like for example, Caitlin is very proud about. Um, being part of the pride movement, no doubt. Um, as am I, as am I. Um, but Alex obviously is he he's very comfortable um to admit he's a straight man, but if he wasn't comfortable with who he was, he there's no way, in my opinion, he'd be playing female characters and like that in um in D and J. He even played Cal, the bard, who was out and out gay. Um, there's no way if you're conf- if you're not confident in yourself and know what you want that you would do that. So Alex, I appreciate um, your that side of things. Now I've now I've praised him enough. Let's move on to something better. <laughs> Quick, run away. Because <laughs> I'll give Alex praise. He'll be he'll be missing me. Like, are you praising me on this week's show? Yes. I'm now not. we have, now we have to praise Kerry. We have to balance. We have to balance the pair. Absolutely. Well, we we love Kerry. Kerry's amazing. Kerry is amazing, and you definitely go and check out uh, Kerry's work with um, um, Fall of Osha as well, because she's written some amazing stuff there, and it's amazing stuff to come out. I'm terrified of her, and I've never been more proud. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Caitlin, you um, you, you you certainly mentored her well, for sure. 
Yeah, the running joke is I took Carrie under my wing to teach her how to be an evil DM, and she's learnt very quickly and she maybe broke, too well. She she broke the wing. <laughs> yeah, she snapped the wing in half and threw it in the bin. She's like, no. What right. Okay, so right. So the question I'm I'm gonna start with looking back at some of the most significant characters um, in the spectrum, um, Caitlin. So if I was to ask you to guess when the first character was, uh, which decade would you think they were? See, this is just going to reveal how little of, like, the timeline of the gaming franchise I know. Uh... Sixties. It's, it's not quite that far back. Um, uh, I'm going to save you. Um, I'm going to save you from it. Nineteen eighty-eight. Damn. Which surprised me when I saw this, and it was Super Mario Brothers two. Now, admittedly, in the this is in the first edition manual for the North American release of the game, Birdo. He's referred to as a male who believes he is a female. Birdo is, Birdo is canonically trans, transgender, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, in the Japanese version, Birdo is referred to as Catherine, and oh. it, it also stated either man who used to be a woman. But in later printings, mention of Birdo being male was omitted and further not included in most later games with the character. But, absolutely, for me, I think that's. I mean, yes, there was a couple of gay characters uh, two or three years before that, uh, but um, Birdo is in... Nintendo, yeah. Nintendo, and it's... Remember, it's a mainstream game, and Birdo is a character that you can play play in Mario Kart and um, Blue Mario Party is available as well. Yeah, Birdo terrifies me. Mm. Just It's just kind of how... The face. Yeah. It's just how big, like, I don't know if that's Birdo's nose or Birdo's mouth. <laughs> and it's just like this cavern <laughs> that you stare into. <laughs> like, I'm afraid. <laughs> you're so adorable. And then you get to that and you're like, ah. This is this is all true stuff. This is all absolutely true. Imagine um, Birdo eating a watermelon, just shoves it in and just. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I was Enjoy not, that nightmare, listener. I was not expecting that. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, but I would admit I was. It just surprised me in a good way because, I mean, it didn't surprise me. It was cut from from second prints, but original prints. That's that's that's, that's a uh, that's a cool thing that they want to try and do. I mean, Japan's always been ahead of the curve trying to push these things. Um. And I'm guessing that in 1988, they weren't quite ready to pull the trigger on that, as it were. I mean, it's more harrowing if you think about... I can't remember if it's the first Super Mario game or the second Super Mario game, but in, I think, the Japanese version, if you translate it, it points out that Bowser's turned all the toads and things into blocks and, like foliage and things which means that when mario punches and breaks a block he's just murdering a toad 
Oof. <laughs> Oof. Oof. I need alcohol. I have a little water. No alcohol left. No, no, just water. So that that is that is mildly terrifying on that side of things. Uh, well, Nintendo is terrifying when you look into logistics, like the whole creepy pasta with uh, uh, Majora's Mask, the Ben uh, and Drown stuff. Yeah, and that's not get started on the Pokemon Pokedex entries. Yes, I do worry about the Poke- Pokemon devs sometimes. Yeah, I've gen- I generally think that they need to be go outside and touch some grass. Um, isn't that what, what I think that's what um, Jeff Goldblum told people to do at the end of Lost World? Um, yeah, definitely. Right, Caitlin, throw something at me, someone who stood out to you, because I've we've just the earliest thing. So let's let's talk of things that now have, have, have affected us a little bit. So who's standing out to you? Mm, I think. A game that kind of hit me emotionally when I opened it and I immediately got the option to choose my partner of whatever gender I wanted with whatever pronouns I wanted and my own as well was actually Moonglow Bay. Yeah. Which I've written about on the site before. And it's like this emotional fishing tale where you spend pooter around in your boat and you catch fish fishing yeah it's fishing it's on game pass it's actually really bloody good wow and it's also rather emotionally harrowing but you like restore this town that used to be so popular with the fishing industry but then fell into hard times Mm. and your partner who goes who goes missing at the start their wish was to move there with you was to retire there with you and to like revitalize the town and start up a seafood business. So you just do cooking and things and your child, your daughter, regardless of whether you're in a partnership or whether you've gone into a traditional man-woman relationship, yeah, is your daughter either way, is there to support you. And just opening it in and going, hey, what pronouns do you, what pronouns would you like? And I just kind of went, ah. I mean, I don't get many of those. Every time I open a game, it's like, are you a boy or a girl? I'm just like, ah. Mm. That, I mean, to, to be fair, sometimes it's just like, I mean, I remember when I first came out 20 years ago, um, it was a case of, are you, are you gay, lesbian, or bisexual? Um, transgender wasn't as big a thing when I came out in 2003. Um, it was uh, transvestism was becoming a big thing, and people wanting to wanting to uh, to um, you know change their gender. Uh, that was starting to become a thing, but it wasn't a big thing like it is now. And um, people should be feel comfortable in what they are. Um, the non-binary thing was non-existent at the time because people just weren't sure what it was in themselves, to be fair. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, clarified, for lack of a better term. Um, so that's a good thing. That, that that has become a thing. And over to, and I believe that there, I believe that there is um I mean, when did that come out that game? Moonglow. Oh that was last year. Last year, right, nice. 
that was only last year. It's it's a sweet little game by like a fairly small group. But I like I like it when you get us like I mean it's not a bad thing obviously when they come out like that. Uh, we've got some amazing games coming out as well, which aren't here yet, but we'll talk about that maybe a bit later. Um, I think Moonglow is worth if it's on the Game Pass and I'd be always out on this show. Check it out on Game Pass, guys, because there's so many there's so many good things on there you can check out. Uh, Life is yeah, strange. It's done by the Copesync team, same people who did like the Fox game, where you're like two dogs attached, which I just find really funny. Yeah, yeah. Like my Twitter profile is literally me sat at the Fogs booth because I had a lovely chat with their dev team. <laughs> is that AEJX? I'm guessing, yeah. Yeah, that was not the year we went. The year before, uh, twenty eighteen. Yes, yeah, so the year I met you from the year. I'm in twenty nineteen. I don't know what year. Okay, the year I met you, not the year we went together. Okay, twenty nineteen. Yeah, we met in twenty nineteen. Um, yeah, so that was a cool moment for sure. Um, uh, when you were uh, so, I'm just saying thought now because people are me. <laughs> <laughs> Distracted by the fiance. Absolutely. Um, so Moonglow, it's just it's ironically just a fishing game, basically, but you get to choose the pronouns. It's some, it's a little thing a long way. What you're saying? It's consistent throughout the game as well. Like regardless of what you choose for your character and for your partner's character, mm. their pronouns and identities and things that remains the same whenever anyone refers to them throughout. Yeah. Mm. It's not just like a token moment, it's they've hard-coded that in for every line of dialogue in the game. That takes some doing. Yeah, that takes some doing, and I'm just kind of there like, yes. Because <laughs> it is an RPG, so there is like an element of randomness and things to it. For sure. I mean, there are other games that have come out in recent times. I mean, Cyberpunk 2077 comes to mind without taking the bugs to one side for a moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, just put put that in the corner. <laughs> yeah, put that in the corner. Although it's very playable now. Now the updates come out for it, but at the time when it first came out, yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, V is potentially LGBTQ, depending on what you choose. Um, Claire is trans in it. Judy's a lesbian. Meredith is bisexual, and so is Kerry. Uh, but so many... <laughs> <laughs> don't laugh at that <laughs> it's the same name as my friend I'm allowed to laugh that is fair that is fair but and they're all really well written as well the whole way through and it's really tastefully done um ironic thing is is that in the witch obviously um witcher creators created uh cyberpunk um I'm not sure they or they uh, wanted to go the same way as it did with um, Geralt and everything with Witcher. Well, uh, Witcher's actually based off novels. Exactly. So in that source material, Geralt is canonically disabled mm. and lives with chronic pain. 
and such things that the game doesn't really go into. Like if you like the Witcher and things and you like Geralt's character, go read the books because it goes into so much more depth of what he deals with. Mm. But I don't think based on the setting, they really thought about it. Yeah. I mean, is it, is it Triss or is it Yennefer who he copulates with on the unicorn? I don't know. I don't tend to remember where people copulate in video games. I just remember it being talked about by uh, Jane Douglas on uh, Outside Xbox once and it stuck in my head. <laughs> I'm glad that's what stuck in your head from all the videos they've made. <laughs> that one stays in my head whenever I think about Geralt. Yeah, when I think about Geralt. Um, but yeah, so Cyberpunk, <laughs> getting back to the, you know, the fact that they were able to, it's all from a first person point of view and thankfully they don't show any things like that actually on camera because trying to do a sex simulator is never a good idea um take note there rockstar okay <laughs> do not release black do not release the hot coffee mod again okay we, we don't need that shit <laughs> let me just nuke the planet if that happens <laughs> mm, absolutely absolutely just um, replace my face in the time to stop meme. That's that's what it'll be. <laughs> it's time to stop. Chris ominously lurking in the doorway. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah, she's just waving and carrying on. It's all good. Right. Um, okay. Uh, it's a really good shout, by the way. It's a good, I'll, I'll check, I will check that game out later on. Um, my next game um, may shock a, a couple of people, and I was going to surprise you with this. Um, it's... Uh, Animal Crossing. The original? Animal Crossing New Leaf, to be precise. And technically it means that, also technically means New Horizon as well. Isabel. Isabel, who yeah. everybody loves, um, is obviously the secretary of town mayor. And um, she She's has... the mayor. <laughs> Yeah. She has a crush on the player character, regardless of their gender. So she's either bisexual or pansexual. And that's cool either way, obviously. But I think it's really cool because it was done in such a subtle way. And as we mentioned earlier about how Nintendo um, doesn't give a fuck sometimes. <laughs> They'll slide something in and it's a nice character moment. Yeah, everyone got really excited that um, when... But then Nintendo refused to admit whether they're um, whether Flick and CJ, because they reference each other in their conversations and mentions like, "Oh, my partner does this, and they're really talented." But Nintendo I refused to admit that. Whether, yeah, Nintendo refused to admit whether Flick and CJ are in a relationship or not, and everyone on the internet's like, "No, give us our children." To be fair, that's something else we mentioned earlier, of course, like. In your own head can you can make it that way. If they say like if they actually put a, a mark on it, if they kind of say like no, they're not, how many people be dev- could be de- could be potentially devastated by that? I mean, um, they've been burned by this before. The hmm. Tomodachi Life games. Yeah. In initial the first release of it, uh, you couldn't have same-sex relationships. Hmm. And they've changed that as they've gone forward, but originally they couldn't. Hmm. 
it's like Metopia. Uh, it's like a really goofy but really well designed RPG, but it's actually eighteen plus in areas like Russia. Yeah, because you can like send characters on dates, mm-hmm. though they're not really dating. They're kind of going on an outing. <laughs> it's like, oh yes, they're at the beach. <laughs> okay. I'm in the middle of fighting a war that of uh, some dark wizard that's stealing people's faces, but let's go to the beach. <laughs> this is fine. This sounds like a fable. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it really is. It's great. I don't have any me's really. That like the only me's I've ever created are on uh on like a bunch of like my family and friends on the Wii back back when, and obviously that's with my parents, so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have one I have one me that's just the most hideous me I could create that's just called kill me. We did that on when my my brother actually obviously years ago, um Fanta, um the, the soft drink in the UK and America, to be fair, but they have their their fantasy very, very different to our Fanta, very, very different. Um they uh bad competition, uh where you could win Nintendo Wii. Uh, a uh, a TV to play it on, a uh, a fridge, to, a, a like a mini fridge, and uh, three crates of uh, of Fanta, and uh, my brother won. Actually, won one of them, which was great. With over two hundred fifty people who won it. Uh, so yeah, uh, he got his the Wii, which my sister now has. Um, but um, yeah, if. We created me, the Fan Center. We created um, uh, Brian Griffin, Peter Griffin, you know, obviously. You could, and Barack Obama was on there. Um, they even created Brenda, who was a step aerobics DVD instructor, who my mum had. Um, it So I totally get about the family always creating... Uh, bizarre me's, and there was someone who was looked really, really, really weird. I can't remember who it was. Top of my head, uh, James, listen to his back later on. Let me know, I'll, I'll, and I'll put out a tweet <laughs> behind me what it was. But I mean, now, if you want dumb me's in goofy games, honestly, RT Game, the YouTuber, mm. he has a record of having me's that look like they seek death. And he, he had, he's played the whole of Metopia with like Mr. Bean. <laughs> it's like Mr. Bean, Barack Obama. <laughs> His character called I Want Die. And so on. And there's like a penguin, there's like a little penguin from um the Subnautica games. Oh my god, I love Subnautica. Yeah, you know like the little penguin things in Below yeah, Zero? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is one of those called Jefferson. There's just a me that looks like that. That's really cool. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, Isabel stood out to me for sure. Because, Baby Isabel. Yeah. Uh, and she's just so wholesome. She hates confrontation as well. She hates it so much. If you try if someone pisses you off and you need back down, it's like, oh thank God, thank God, thank God. I'm like, calm down. Calm down, but fair. <laughs> So, Caitlin, um, I mean, you are in that game. You are the mayor, so you do have the judicial power to make her <laughs> suffer. <laughs> but you so, don't on New Horizons. This is true, but I think they learned that we had too much power. 
<laughs> Either that or that Isabel became, would become a dictator canonically when you <laughs> left left your town to fend for itself. To be to be fair, to, in the source material, she was seen charging in a battle with uh, with Doom Guy. The fact That's that Adam. they released at the same time and the con- and just the two different development teams were like, yes, this is what we want, and we sort of want it as well. Yeah. Sort of. So Isabel is wholesome and amazing and nothing but a good egg. Um, who else connected with you, though, Kaylin? Uh, an interesting one that people thinking back on it may suddenly go, oh! Have you played Celeste? Celeste. Celeste. I have not, um, and so please do enlighten me. Celeste is, a, it's like a more difficult style platformer game where you're trying to reach top of a mountain, and but you spend the journey up there talking to people and confronting your inner demons and like actually embodied by the spirit of the mountain, really. Mm. And there's all this talk of men, there's it does touch on panic attacks and depression and things really well. And like there's a segment where you have to focus on a feather floating to calm calm Madeline, the main character, down. Yeah. And what I found really profound with this is I recognized it in myself because part of this is seeing Madeline's journey of self-discovery, because Madeline is transgender. And a lot of people don't always see that. But what's really interesting and kind of thought-provoking is in telling the story, one of the developers, one of the developers, Maddie Thorson, on this game actually discovered themselves that they that she was trans as well. well and it was through telling Madeline's story from her point of view that she realized the similarities with herself. And it's just, I know gender identity is a very complicated thing. Obviously, sexuality is a complicated thing. Like Pride Month, you have, it's why there's, it's partly why there's so many, like I hear people going, why are there so many labels now? And it's because nothing's simple. Nothing's simple. It's a bit like how there's a billion different types of fucking cheese. Exactly. They all differ slightly. Exactly. It's also the same thing like, I mean, there's a song from a long time ago, it feels like now. Um, everybody looks the same, they're just tired of looking at each other. Yeah, and it's my definition of my identity and non-binary and things is completely different from someone else on the spectrum. This is it. Asexuality, for example. I personally am not... Partly this comes... This also mixes in with my own identities when it comes to neurodivergence it's part of that part of that for me manifests with physical contact and I'm not the biggest fan of it so things like physical relationships are I'm adverse to but whilst I'm at that end other people who identify as asexual will be at the other end where maybe they don't want it a lot of the time but with certain people they do 
It's not mm. that they are incapable. I might be capable. There might just be one person on the planet it's capable for that I don't if, know. If you're meant to find that person, you'll find them one day. No yeah, and it. you relate in other people's stories. And I think true. with Celeste, whether you're focusing on the mental health aspect, as I did when I first played through, or if you look at her journey of self-discovery and realizing who she is, because part of Madeline's story is she wants to prove to herself she's capable of something. She wants to build an identity for herself beyond what other people in her life have expected. Yeah. And a lot of people can relate to that. And I think it's really well done because it's not made a central thing. It is, I guess it's just kind of, it doesn't need to be central. No. It doesn't need to be paraded about and yelled about for it to matter to people. Because, for example, you and I are not defined entirely by who we choose to have relationships with. No. This is a, a, a very good point about I mean I've told this story on Good Cop Bad Cop but I've never told it on Game Monkeys um, is when I was uh, playing for a darts team this was oh god five six years ago now um, and the captain who of the team who uh, was Scottish and I apologise um, if I with the, uh, the accent Matt are you oh. gay? Like, <laughs> like yes like you don't look gay what am I supposed to look like? <laughs> I'm like, well, no, well, what? Why would you think? Like, why would you think I'm not? Sort of thing. Like, like, well, you know about football. I'm like, yeah, I know about a lot of things. Like, I do my stuff. I do all the gay stuff in the bedroom, which you're not in. So, and if you are, that's weird. This is, this is the thing. I mean, but they were very accepting of that side of thing. They, but they were just surprised because sometimes it's not because I don't shout it from rooftops um, as much as some people do. Some people do it because you know some people, as we've seen, um, for example, I'm thinking of people like Julian Clary, for example, who are very flamboyant. And they're uh, like, like, surprise, darling! Like Craig Will Horwood, for example. He's um, very flamboyant. and But that's fine. You know, if, you, if, that's, if, that's, if that's your bag of apples, then great. Uh, but we're not, but as you say, Kelly, we're not defined by that. Um, I mean, my little Chris is amazing and, you know, getting married, all back home, jazz. Can't wait to see you in your suit. Um, it's going to be amazing. But there is no expectation on my shoulders. I'm not expecting anybody out there to be like, be sort of like, you know, to expect me to be gay outwardly all the time. I'm not going to run down the street prancing, um, throwing flower petals around and all that stuff. I mean, I'll be at Clacton Pride. Uh, next week because it's happening in July, not in June. <laughs> but that's the bizarre thing. Um, but it, but no, but I will, I will have. But it's it's as we've mentioned already. Um, Pride is 
so much more than just shout about who you are. I mean, in the UK, it's been a thing for 50 years now. And yeah. it's and the reason why it's shouted about now so much is it's not a case of, you know, shouting for the rights because in, in the UK, we have those rights now. And it's amazing. I can give blood. We can give blood again now. Um, we couldn't do that for uh, before the pandemic. They changed the laws during the pandemic. Uh, rightly, they should never have been in the first place. But uh, that's not a political show, so we're going to move on from that part. <laughs> <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> but things have changed as well for the better over the last few years. I mean, the fact that in my in my town, hometown we're going to have a pride event happen. This is the most bigoted town I knew 20 years ago. Times change for the better. That's good. If you want a good... Part history lesson, part... You know, just enjoyable. Uh, the 2014 film Pride. Mm. Which... Yes. It's a, rite of pa- it's a rite of passage at the in the LGBT society in... Cardiff, like every every freshers week, there's always a showing of it to the group. And it's about the lesbian and gay activists that supported the miners' strike in the 1980s. And is a huge part of UK history when it comes to Pride. It's definitely worth watching, especially because it touches on it touches on things like the AIDS epidemic as well. Yeah. And about political influences. Like this is like we talk about the gaming aspect, but we do the influences everywhere because those of us who identify this way are everyday people. We have jobs, we pay taxes, we do, we live, we laugh, we cry. Like everyone else, it's this month is about awareness more than anything. It is. It it really is. I mean, you talk about that bit film being a rite of passage. Um, growing up, um, for me, when we when we when I was growing up, uh, the one of the films for us was um, was Get Real, uh, very good, very good uh, uh, British film. And there was another one done by Channel 4, uh, which is not surprising. Channel 4 did all the stuff with uh, Queer as Folk and, um, and the like, which was amazing and ahead of its time, for sure. And I'm trying to remember the name of the film they did. It had a lot of Mama Cass's um, music in it. Oh, really, really good. Oh, and it's, it's, uh, it's uh, Cy and Jamie other characters in it and it's so beautifully beautifully done they're thrown together in a whirlwind romance I just can't remember what it's called I know your head at me now it's going to kill me it's going to annoy me it'll come to you later (laughs) it will exactly it will do and I'll, I'll be like that's the one I'll just get a message at 3am from Matt being like, I'm good. (laughs) 
I also have a heart attack. I mean, fair. Um, Probably because my cat will be on top of the wardrobe staring at me in the darkness, but you know. <laughs> right, so, um, and that, I believe, what I didn't, oh no, because I was looking through, um, so I was looking through the list. I've not, not going to touch them all, obviously, but some of the, the really big games in the last 10 years have had um, gay and bisexual and transgender characters, which has been fantastic. Uh, there was one which came out in 2014. We, got, we had all these different simulators at the time. We had Goat Simulator. <laughs> we had um, Sheep Simulator, I think, at one point. Dog Simulator is now a thing. Coming Out Simulator 2014 was a thing. All right. <laughs> I'm, I've got to admit, I had not heard of it, but it says it's an autobiographical game about teenage Nicky Case coming out as bisexual to his mother and his boyfriend, Jack. Aww. So it's, it's, it was intended to help uh, the youth understand the sexuality. According to the writing of the game itself, there are no right answers. That's really, really... That's, that's, that's really a similar good. thing with... Um... Depression Quest. Yeah. Which is, it's literally like, it's kind of like a text adventure. But it's one about someone living with depression and the choices you make. And eventually, like every time, whether you take your meds or not, whether you talk to your therapist, whether you spend time with your spouse or whatever, it's, you get to like a family dinner at the end and it'll always be about the same. Because these things are just how they are. There is no right way to approach something. Except beautiful thing, by the way. Beautiful thing that's going to my head. That film called A Beautiful Thing. It's lovely. It's a great film. Oh, okay. It's, it's, coming, it's coming to my head. And it is a beautiful thing as well. At the same time, what you were saying. I'm so sorry. I'm nowhere like, ah! Ah! In, in my frontal lobe, it's now triggered. Uh, yeah. I mean, looking into some of the things about um, coming out of Simulator 2014, it actually says, and I'm quoting here, um, the inspiration was uh, a Flash game about gender transition um, called um, Dysphoria. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've heard it or not. I've heard of it. Mm. In a good way or bad way, the way you look in the face? Good way. Good okay, way. Okay, good. Uh, it's inspiration and coming out to was created in two weeks. For the Nara. A lot of these games were, mm. a lot of these style of games were made in a really short amount of time. Like mm. uh, Robin. A game called Robin was. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the name of the syndrome. There's a chronic fatigue. Yeah. The game Robin is was made in a short amount of time, but it's a beautiful story about main, maintaining a life while suffering from something like chronic fatigue syndrome. And it's, honestly, it's really impressive the way to see these game developers tell these really personal stories in such a short amount of time, because you can, I mean, we've all had creative bursts where we've suddenly got a lot done in a short amount of time. Oh, 
you should see my editing part sometimes. <laughs> I can agree. I'm not really Trust me, you. I've heard of the editing party with you lot. I get messages being like, I'm editing this episode. And I'm like, isn't that like four hours in or something, you maniac? <laughs> bad thing is that's D and J, but that's not including like Google or Bad Cop and what I'm doing, things like attackers, or I'm jumping on something else to show to help them out or editing Chris's show. Uh, you know, the editing pile, it can be, uh, you can go on mad editing um, binges, but that's not a bad thing. It can, I mean, you're can... preaching to the choir here between video editing and podcast editing. Said the person with no upload schedule. <laughs> yeah, I have no upload schedule, but I also have a YouTube channel to maintain as well. So this come is true, and you're doing very well, for, doing very well with it as well. Um. Another game which I noted, by the way, um, is a game called Pride Fest, which was released, that it was released for iOS and Android, um, where the player launches and manages an LGBT Pride Parade. <laughs> All the lo- I've been a I've I've been a production manager. That sounds like a, a logistical nightmare. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of these games can be quite intricate sometimes on the uh, on your mobile device but i'm not ent- i mean as much as I, I, i'm all for uh pride festivals and all this stuff i'm not entirely sure that i would want to be playing a video game with myself sometimes no there's a lot of popularity for um managerial style games this is true this is true someone who plays a lot of football manager can, can vouch for that for sure um like yeah, carrie but- loved the uh casino managing game that she tried at EGX last year. Couldn't drag her off the damn thing. Couldn't drag Love her it. off it. Absolutely adored it. Absolutely. But and it was and it was it was really cutesy and really fun to play. Um compared to like the 20 minutes we spent with um like the ant colony game thing where she ended up playing a battle royale with a bunch of various insects in <laughs> tiny hats. <laughs> the, the tiny hats was funny. The tiny hats were very funny. Um yeah that's yeah, um, which actually, while we're talking about EGX, it's, they are incredibly uh, uh, respectful and inclusive with all of the uh, with the entire community. There aren't they? They they are very uh, very loving, very caring about things. They, um, you know, it, it's it's almost I can say this um, off the cuff remark and slightly slightly, uh, slightly sarcastically. It's almost like you have to be on the spectrum to be Ajax sometimes because everybody, um, it's so respected. People just don't judge. It's great. It's great. You can just be who you are there. It's a safe space. And badges for pronouns and everything. It's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I think about pronouns, um, obviously, we've touched on a little bit. And you, you, you use they, them, obviously. Um, one, of the, one of the best bits of advice you ever gave me was. Um, and correct if I'm wrong here. Um, if you make a mistake, then that's okay. But if you do it to be a dick, then you're a dick. Yeah, it's if I don't mind when people mess up my pronouns, it's when people either consistently do it despite me correcting them or whether people do it on purpose. If you do it consistently despite corrections, you're not putting the effort in and you're not worth my fucking time. And if you do it deliberately, you're a wanker and you should bugger off. I think that's the politest way of putting it, to be fair. 
I think that. Well, I'm trying to reduce the amount of bleeps you have to put in. I don't. I. I did one would I bleep on this show, and we haven't. Used yeah, it. that was. That's how I describe them. Okay, well, I pre. I. I, I fully appreciate that. I fully appreciate that. Um, but yeah, um, I say you. That's why, at, like EGX, as you say, they give you those the little um, name badges and things. And I've always gone by the adage in recent times of, if you say they, um, or them then you're not going to fed anybody. Usually. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to be fair, you have to be really shallow to be offended by they, them. If you say, no, 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 it's he, him. I'm like, okay, the fact that it's offending, that that, that offends you, get in the bin, as Caitlin would say. <laughs> get in get the, the bin. bin. Get in the bin. As I yell at people against me in team games, get in the bin. <laughs> I believe you said that while we were playing Overcooked. Yeah, I told you to get and in the bin out. because moving bin, I called you all a bunch of spanners. Because <laughs> I, I like... went very, I went very Scottish. <laughs> you did. I think I think I was I think I was being yeeted out of an actual window by you, and I'm at least ten stone heavier. <laughs> yeah, the summary of the summary of EGX was. Alex and Kerry got more Cornish, I got more Scottish, and Matt got yeeted out a window. <laughs> uh, and that's wonderful. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, right. Back on track a little bit. Um, have you got another game to, 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 uh, that, that um, is inspiring yeah. to you? What you got? To kind of reverse the point I made earlier about it not always having to be a central point. Tell me why. I don't nod. I love this game. It is incredibly well done and points to the developers. They reached out and consulted with transgender communities throughout the production of this storyline. For those who don't know, Tell Me Why is a game by Don't Nod, the same people who did Life is Strange. Same art style. Same art style. It's focuses around a pair of twins who one one of whom Tyler is transgender and has tra- transitioned off camera as he grew up he openly goes by Tyler and things his sister is entirely accepting supportive amazing. amazing and is like they follow this whole storyline and everything, but the way they've approached Tyler is they cast a trans man to play him. They've done so much to ensure that the representation is correct whilst dealing with issues like people not accepting him, like mm. people dead naming him. Mm. For those who don't know, dead naming is when you call people call people who have transitioned by the name they used to go by. Hence why it's dead name, because they are no longer that person. Mm. I know of um, somebody who transitioned um, and, well, she was in the, she's in the process of transitioning. She, uh, she used to be a male. She identifies as a woman now. Uh, she is going through surgery to transition fully. And um, I believe her father still won't call her by her name, um, which is a, a shame. Um, you know, not, not unfortunately 
for every nice person in the world, there's, there's an arty person. I've, I've always said, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, which which really sucks. But tell me why. When I was playing that, I was playing that because it came out on the Game Pass as well, which was phenomenal. Um, yeah. I was playing playing that, and um, I think Chris was watching me play it, and um, I was I was I was like Tyler's Tyler's a, a nice guy and everything like that and everything like. That. Uh, we're clearly going to explore what happened, why he was where he was. I'm not going to spoil too much of it. If you want to go and play it, because it's still relatively new. Um, but when we're getting to a certain point, so we're getting flashbacks, and I'm like, there's two girls there. It didn't click at first. And they're like, like I said to Chris, I think don't know the male transgender main character. And that was, and that really hit me in a good way. I was like, "Yes," because I didn't know it was going to happen. It caught me by surprise, but I really fucking loved it. Yeah, the voice actor for Tyler, yeah, one of the two twins, yeah, is a trans male voice actor. And throughout the development process, if there were lines in the script that he felt didn't suit the story and didn't suit Tyler's character, he changed them. A lot of the story and the dialogue between everyone has been thoroughly influenced by a voice actor who has lived that experience. And that representation is really important, especially when you get to see Alison, who is the identical twin. Exactly. And the fact that they are identical twins is what I think threw a lot of people off out of confusion. Like when they did the flashbacks and you're going, but there's two girls that, yes, they were identical twins, then Tyler transitioned and is obviously looks different because mm. he's fully well, transitioned. But doesn't, but they do such a great job respectfully um, and it could it could either be used as an educational tool, either be used as an educational tool for people who don't quite get it. Especially because in the childhood flashbacks, there are mentions and things of Tyler talking to his sister and going, Hey, can you cut my hair shorter? Hi, I feel more like your brother. Can you call me Ollie? Instead of his instead of his dead name. And Allison, in a way. A lot of kids do accept that without a question because it was what made her brother happy and more comfortable in himself. Well, this is what happens when we're younger. We're influenced by the world around us. I mean, I remember seeing this great... Um, there was a great thing I saw with a, uh, um, a group of kids um, on Facebook. Um, two boys... Uh, his... Uh, his he wanted to get his head shaved so he could um, match his friend who was going through chemotherapy. Uh, also, so no one could tell him apart, which I thought was really, really cute. Uh, the kid didn't see the, the flaw in his plan. He was why his friend was black. He didn't see why it wouldn't be told, why it couldn't be told apart. And I thought that is so wholesome. Doesn't Literally just sees his best friend. My nephew, 
um, at my niece's birthday party last week. Uh, well, I got injured on a face hopper, but that's another story another time. Um, my nephew, um, his his best, he one of his best friends, um, turned up in a, in a mobility scooter, and didn't see the scooter, just saw a friend. And I'm like, for next generation, it's all about how they are brought up. If they're brought it's up, don't, be, yeah. we are not born with prejudices. No, they prejudice. are put upon us by our upbringing. It, absolutely, and by absolutely. society around us. Indeed, absolutely, absolutely, exactly. Love it as, as the whole thing we're talking about on this show. Love is love. I mean, if you're afraid of love, there's something wrong with you. And hate is taught. It's you don't. You're not born hating someone. Well, unless you're Anakin Skywalker, I suppose. <laughs> That's just sand. <laughs> um, but yeah, tell me why. Uh, I was going to mention that, so I'm really glad you did. Uh, it is a stunning piece of work. Um, obviously, talking about uh, Life is Strange, of course, you've obviously got uh, the infamous Bay of a Bay. Um, yes. Um, I mean, I prefer Chloe and Rachel's relationship anyway. Mm-hmm. Over Chloe and Max, but that's just me. Yeah, but everyone's able to opinion on that side of things, of course. I, I personally think that works better as well. Um, at the same time, when you've got to have that decision whether to sacrifice it's, Chloe... it's it's a version of the trolley problem which I get because yeah. obviously the scenario it becomes more than just maths when it's someone personal to you yeah I mean I that's a decision that I couldn't make for context people the trolley problem is a philosophical theory that if the difference between being an active participant in something makes things harder. So there's a train, it's going to hit one person. It's going to hit five people. But if you pull a lever, it'll only hit one person. Do you save the one or the five? It's There's loads of different variations on it. And uh, The Good Place on Netflix does a really good it did. explanation. They did a, very good, a very good version of it, yeah. <laughs> if you ignore Michael in the corner. <laughs> it's... it's, it's... It's legit terrifying, but at the same time, it's a really good analogy for it. Yeah, um, it's, how does it change if, if say, you put it in the context of being a doctor where you have to hurt people, where it's if you kill if you kill one patient and use their organs to save five people, and it's how the oaths you've taken as a doctor influence that, or whether it's someone you care about, or whether mm. it's... Or in the case of Life is Strange, is it someone you've spent this whole time saving? Like the inciting incident of Life is Strange is saving Chloe originally. Yeah. In that bathroom. And it's whether you choose to condemn her to death or if you choose to condemn an entire town. Which mm. in my case is considering she, considering Chloe asks you to let her go. In order to save everyone, I respect her choice. Yeah. And also, the universe really wants Chloe to die. Mm. So, the question I have, because there, there, is, there is a lot of things, obviously, in regards to time travel and things, there are fixed points and moments in flux. Uh, some fixed points you can't change. If you change a fixed point, the universe collapses. Uh, but, wibbly wobbly, so, timey wimey. Absolutely. 
Um, and a shout out to Dr. Who pod, check out Amelia Checkers. Uh, but, <laughs> um, but how long did you spend making that decision? Personally, it didn't take me that long. As me, I am inherently, I am a logical person. You are first very and foremost. And in that case, yes, it hurt to press the button and to make that active choice to condemn, in my timeline, her girlfriend and closest friend to death. But this was someone who'd, who'd I'd stopped from dying like three separate times. But I don't know, I'm, I get why some people would have sat there for like 20 minutes, but I could see, I could see it coming like a freight train. Hmm. Uh, but <laughs> funny. <laughs> to be fair, as well, um, that's obviously episode five, I believe. But in episode four, there was another option where you get a chance to um, save a life, and the reaction is that something happens as well, doesn't it, to Chloe? As well. Yeah, the alternate universe theory. Indeed. Um, the the whole. The whole uh, the branching narrative. theory indicates mm. that every time you make a choice, a separate universe is created. So every, whether you had mm. toast or cereal for breakfast or didn't have breakfast at all, that creates different universes that have different outcomes. This is this is the case. Um, and to, when you make that choice, you think that's going to make things much, much better. Does it? And is it always going to be a better choice? Sometimes you've got to think that. Uh, it's. I think it's also I didn't want Chloe to live knowing that all those deaths were because I couldn't give her up. Yeah. To put that amount of death and guilt on someone who had no control over the choice mm-hmm. is I'd be condemning her really to a life of survivor's guilt. This is the thing as well. Um. It took me a good 10, 15 minutes to make that choice. You just sat on that screen. And it won't let you back out of it. It makes you make that choice. There's no time limit either. It just sits there. Yeah, it just sits there. It's like, I go as long as you want. I go, as long yeah, as, bring I, it. As long as you want. Make a decision. I ain't going nowhere. We've got, we got time. And I'm like, oh, God. I think Alex actually cried when he made his decision. He, we obviously everyone makes both like first that you make you make decisions and the second time around you make decisions the other way to see what happens obviously yeah and everyone's got their kind of idea about which one it is and as you mentioned which one it is and for me um I personally uh I personally uh let her go um of course the first, and then and it hits you like a hammer when you start playing Life is Strange 2. It says, what did you choose? And you um, get to see what your choice has done to you. Like, mm. as the brothers, you stand there and you go, oh. And you're either stood in front of the ruins of the town or where the everyone is dead or everyone is alive. Mm. Or you stand and you see the town as it is. Mm. It's just kind of like, hey, you murdered hundreds of people. Indeed. 
And speaking of which, in of course, it, obviously the brothers encounter a couple in Life is Strange actually, to actually encounter a couple of uh, of LGBT yeah. characters and uh, and um, Sean, Sean himself, himself yeah. has the option if you wish to to go that route, and that's really fun. The fact that they they say like, if you want to, you want to at that age you should be experimenting anyway. You shouldn't you shouldn't be locked to what you're told you should you're into. If that's the case, I, like I the never fact come that out. Daniel, the little brother, doesn't question you either way as well. No, no. he loves yeah. his brother. That's all that matters. That's what it should be. That's what it should be. My brother, my brother, that the same way. It's like I don't care as long as you're happy. That's what it should be. My sister, for example, is Polly. Polyamorous. For those who right. for, for those who are where Polly is, Caitlin. Polly is when you you feel attraction and romantic interest in more than one person. So you're interested in having relationships not just with one person. It's not a monogamous thing. So, for example, Matt and Chris are in a monogamous relationship because yeah. they are entirely committed to each other and no third party. Whilst my sister could be dating two people who also, and those two people could have another person as part of that relationship. And, you know, as long as it makes her happy, I'm, and as long as the people treat her well, I don't really see the issue. I'll still threaten them, but that's because she's my sister and that's what I do. Absolutely. I mean, my, my, one of my oldest friends is married, but they have, separate relationships still. and I'm like if that makes you happy as long as you're both as long as it's an agreed thing that's yeah, fine as long as you it's know? consensual do what you want it's, yeah absolutely knock yourself out be safe and sensible like yeah, everyone should I'll be s- I'll still threaten them <laughs> absolutely, absolutely be safe and sensible which I think is the, the main part of of this episode really is that things have come a long way from a written aside about Birdo in 1988 to which was to, which they were too scared to write about in the second edition to now they're writing characters which are specifically meant to be and doing all the right research and having the right people on board. Come a long way. And that's 1988. So we're only just, we're not even 30 years on from that. Yeah. We're just, just over 30 years on from that. Yeah. So that's amazing how far we've come. And I'm quite proud of, of that fact, you know? I mean, a lot of people have been saying about LGBT in D&D, for example, as well. I mean, like, how long has that been a thing for? I'm like, it's always been a thing it's in d It's fantasy. D&D. It's always been a thing in d and I mean, could people say, like, oh, you can now create non-binary characters? I mean, like, sh- ah, looks at Shard. People have been, <laughs> people been doing that for years. I mean, literally, it, I mean... The limit of DNT is your imagination. If you if you haven't thought about doing it before, then you've got no imagination. <laughs> you this know the thing, it's you create you are the one that's imposing the restrictions. Yeah. Like DJ, for example. Yeah. We're not the most rule abiding. Some no. of the rules we find stupid and we throw in the bin. If we went on Reddit, we'd probably get we'd probably get Oh god, off. if we went on Reddit, we'd be incinerated. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean the whole rules is written thing. Uh, no. Some things that don't make sense. I mean, feel like like weight encumbrance does not does nothing for me in the bin. It goes. Do you want to add coin weight? Throw that in the bin as well. Let's face it. It even when money is worthless now. 
Yes, but that's because you ruined an economy by allowing Corsoon to fucking exist. Yes, yes. I felt Johnny, I was watching Johnny Giardini and their and their stress about the fact of um money being thrown in the lake by Dob and oh I'm Dob and Dob and his money lake. I just love the fact that it took them like 50 like 40 odd episodes before Corazon realized that they were actual full gold, not like gold plated <laughs> copper. <laughs> it was there's, like, oh my God. I don't know who made it, but there's a video on YouTube, 25 minutes long, 25 minute montage of every time Dob threw something in the lake <laughs> or ate it. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. But, but again, it's, there's so much. Um, I mean, we, for example, we've, we've had um, polyamorous actually relationship in Eden, of course. We with um, <laughs> which was completely off about off about with the three wives, obviously, which was which was actually four at one point, but one and died. the one dead in the ditch, <laughs> one dead in the ditch, yes. <laughs> um, and of course, um, we've had um, same sex relationships uh, throughout, of course, throughout the day of different things. We've obviously got we've got um, a non-binary uh, character in in Shard, of course. We've also got one in um, All Farm with one of Wyatt's um, comrades in the yeah. in the fleet station. So, Darwin you know, is mm. non-binary in oh. Into the Waste. I was not aware of that because Solomon is actually they. Mm. As Varys the Great, it was a he, but Aha. as Charlemagne, they. I was not aware of that, you see, because they didn't make a big deal about it. Yeah. And that's what it should be. It should, that thing shouldn't be a big deal to people. It's not a problem at all. Shambles probably wouldn't have cared two licks about it. It's going to be amazing. Shambles, Shambles would have gone new phone, who dis? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but to be fair, the amount of, amount of disguises that Shaman has used is no wonder. Honestly, we make the joke he has an identity crisis every five seconds. I think I think Shambles has used that line, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. Can you get out of here with your identity crisis, please? <laughs> it was and brilliant. they just go, Excuse me, when did you get a backbone? That's illegal. <laughs> I think I surprised Chad that day. <laughs> I think, I I think a lot you of surprised him. him by standing up to them. I think I surprised a lot of people that day. But I think I surprised everyone, including me. I think I need, but I think I needed to move him away a little bit. And, yeah. well, and if, well, basically, you did some good writing to get me out of it. It was fine. Oh, right. Have you got anything else to you, you, that you'd like to address, Caitlin? Or that? Those were like my main ones I wanted mm. to stop on. Because mm. they're big, they're I don't, big deals. I don't play a lot of games for like the romantic entanglements. Mm. So there's probably a lot of games where romance is an option that I've completely ignored. Mm. Like Mass I mean, Effect, for example. I don't care. <laughs> Mass Effect, Skyrim. Fall out. Leave my character alone. Walking Dead as well, of course. Walking Dead Telltale series, of course. Um, oh, Telltale, yeah. Uh, Clementine has the option in. in Clementine the, don't need no one. In the final series, she's the final season. She's got the option if she wants to. Um, Harvey um, is um, in uh, in season three as well. So there are options for. Uh, people in those things, but it's all about if you choose the options. But the fact that they put them in in the first place is, is cool. It's cool for sure. Um, 
Well, okay, I have to say, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. You have been, you've been, yeah, you know, taking time, time out of your day and away from your editing pile to uh, to join me. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yes, I've totally been editing. I've not been trying to 100% to Stardew Valley. What are you talking about? <laughs> which is another game, of course, which has some LGBT in, of course, yeah, as well. So, the gays are yeah, everywhere. Absolutely. We're taking over the world, features. Absolutely. Everyone says we have an agenda. No one's told me what the agenda is yet. <laughs> yes, no, no, no absolutely. Where are, where are the meeting notes? <laughs> absolutely. Who's taking Give me the minutes of the AGM. <laughs> and your gays. The annual gay meeting, absolutely. We all turn up. Caitlin, thank you so much again. Thank you so much. Uh, we'd like to quickly give your socials and then we'll get out of here. Yep. Uh, if you want to listen to any of my podcast stuff with Tabletop, just look for just look for Dyson Suffering. You'll find me. I'll emerge. If you want to f- see what articles I've been writing at Our Mind Games on Twitter, or if you just want to say hello to me as a person and look at pictures of my cats, or hear about my grand journeys across public transport, which seems to have been the theme in my tweets recently. At Caitlin, I'll see. What up? Awesome. Check out Kerry at Shira Beans, Alex Spiderbed UK. Uh, check out Dungeon Junkies, our Instagram at Dungeon Junkies, and of course the main show, Game Junkies Pod. Um, thank you to Game Aware, ten percent off at checkout with code Game Junkies ten. Uh, I'm Matt at UK for me. Uh, Chris is back. Uh, next week and then me and Caitlin will be back in two weeks time with our um, the rest of the gang absolutely with Chad joining uh, as well of course Alex and Kevin back as well Uh, thanks for listening guys Uh, stay safe we're out of here this podcast is a Mass Attack production for Visionaries Global Media